Thank you for joining us tonight in the Creepypasta Book Club, the podcast where we read, analyze, and discuss significant creepypastas, no-sleeps, and web horror flash fiction. We are your hosts, Jonah. And Wednesday. And tonight, we are discussing Anansi's Goatman. Alright, so, before we get into that, first, we should probably, since this is our first episode, we thought we should get a little bit into the purpose of the podcast as a whole going forward, and also a little bit about ourselves, your uh, hosts, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Wizard, would you like to go first? Oh, uh, you can go first. Okay. Well, so I am, uh, I've been involved loosely in like web horror-y kind of spaces for probably like oh my god like 10 yeah 12 years now actually I got into web horror in 2010 um through uh, Ben Drowned and uh, Marble Hornets and Slenderman kind of stuff. And that's uh, particularly, like, the Slenderman stuff has always been kind of my niche, but I also, I've always loved um, pasta and listening to pasta readers, um, you know, because I I love a good scare. Um, But a lot of my, um, like, Wednesday, I know both Mm -hmm. of us, a lot of our sort of, like, horror interest is also outside of the web stuff in, like, movies and books and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so we, we both have kind of a broad range, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm also personally, um, I, I got my BA in English a couple of years ago. Yeah, you got and papers. And it's like, uh, uh <laughs> I got papers and <laughs> it's like, uh, fuck it, I'm not doing anything with these. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a literary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast with credentials. <laughs> podcast where I'm I'm waving my my fucking baccalaureate around. <laughs> um, and and yeah, like I'm I'm very interested in um, literary analysis and literary discussion. So I came to Wednesday and I was like, hey. We have to do a creepypasta podcast together. Like, right now. But not a normal one. (laughs) (laughs) And so, (laughs) Wednesday, like, if you want to explain a little bit about your sort of history with uh, with the community, I guess, the horror community online? Yeah, um, I feel like I've been a part of it since, like, the internet became accessible to, like, the average person. Like... Like, before there were, like, creepypasta reddits and stuff like that, there was, like, uh, like, chain mail and, like, things people would throw up on, like, albino black sheep and, like, even before that. <laughs> I can't remember came before that, but there was probably something before that. Like, deep web horror that was, like, legitimately using the deep web and not just, like, something some guy wrote online. <laughs> um, um like proto args and like people's web pages that were like weird and creepy and sometimes real not 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 stories those some of those turned out to be real things um 
Yeah, and then, like, a lot of the classic <laughs> sort of, like, screamers and, yeah. and yucky videos. Yeah. So, cut my teeth on some of that. Um, You've also been in a lot of uh, sort of uh, web horror communities in general, right? Like, oh, yeah. I know you did, you did, like, Jack Torrance for a while. Yeah. I ran that server before I didn't run that server anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I like to get involved in, like, the roleplay aspects of stuff and, like, when people are doing games, but, like, I burn out really quick because, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to look at and then I, like, nap <laughs> for a while. Especially for, like, an ARG, like, that stuff is so involved. Yeah, I need, like, I like, like a cicada. I, like, go back in the ground for a while. <laughs> Which is, I think, like, that's one of the things that makes, uh, like, a like a podcast format kind of thing like this a little bit more manageable, because we're getting, mm-hmm. like, bite-sized chunks, and we're going kind of in-depth on them. Yeah, we control the speed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say something. You, like, you, what you were saying jogged my mind of what to say next, but then I forgot. Um, Slenderman stuff. Oh, I was gonna say, I can't think of the first creepypasta I've read. Like, the very first one. Like, people always have, like, a really distinct memory of it. But, like, I don't, mm-hmm. like, I don't really have one. Yeah, I, yours was probably, like, we <laughs> we were saying before we started mm-hmm. recording, like, yours was probably from the era before they were calling them pastas. Yeah, and they had a name, and I was like, oh, after. So we both have, uh like a like a strong history with uh with the material and i i guess kind of a kind of a passion for it so with this podcast i think what we are sort of intending to be able to cover with this um so in 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 sort of the little intro blurb that i had written up i say significant and by that what i mean okay um, I'm not gonna talk about Russian sleep experiment unless you pay me. <laughs> you <laughs> Basically. Pay us. Pay us talk about Russian it's... sleep experiment. <laughs> um, you are, uh, Wednesday, if, if we want to talk about Russian sleep experiment, you're gonna have to hope and pray that uh, people <laughs> like this podcast and give me money yeah. for it. What if? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna try to discuss. Give us money to talk about Jeff the Killer. <laughs> Well, okay, I mean, if you want Ticky Toby, you got flash some cash. <laughs> oh. But just just in general, uh what what I think we are considering like a significant pasta just in general is either like something that has sort of like a cultural significance to the web horror space and that has enough that we can kind of dig into which is why something like russian sleep experiment i'm like dreading the idea of having to talk about that for you know 45 minutes (laughs) stretch that into a fucking episode (laughs) we just like list some russian facts (laughs) (laughs) or possibly um, ones that are not quite as well known, we might talk about, but... Th- but that, like, rock us. Yeah, well, ones that are sort of particularly well-written, or particularly interesting. And, and stuff is, like, 
foundational to us is like because of oh I remember the thing you said earlier that I was like oh I should bring up like because like you have um paper credentials and I have like a quarter of a of a, of a creative writing degree so <laughs> look at us <laughs> we yeah I mean between the two of us we also have written a little bit of our own you know yeah horror stuff that we've sort of thrown out there if anybody would be we should probably read it we should probably link it to like whatever yeah i guess like yeah look at it stupid (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean you know maybe that'll give uh any any listeners a little bit of insight into into our into our twisted minds um to joke around (laughs) minds are normal (laughs) So, should we should we get into Goatman now? Yeah, let's do it. Goatman. Okay. Just in general, um the way that this is going to be going from this point when we start talking about um the topic of the episode, uh we're going to lead into it with a little bit of a summary. Uh, for those of you who haven't read it or haven't read it in a little while, a lot of these I would recommend, you know, you see it in the episode title, you know, go 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 and read them. Oh yeah, we we should pause for a second while I read them. <laughs> yeah, pause the episode. Click the pause button, go read Goatman and come back. Um welcome back. And and yeah, welcome back. We're going to talk about the what you just read. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, uh you know, for those of you who don't want to go read or who have read it but like haven't read it in a little while, Goatman is a 2012 web horror that was originally posted to the 4chan paranormal board X as a series of posts starting out as green text, which is sort of a 4chan uh, posting style staple, and eventually just becoming uh, a relatively uh, long narrative that goes on through several posts as this person is uh, describing their experience. Um, So when they were 16, they went with a group of teenagers uh, and camped out in the middle of the woods in the deep south and are terrorized by a shape-shifting creature that infiltrates their group. Um, The teens find their camp and their cabin invaded by this creature who seems to be trying to create confusion among the group. It's possibly implied that it's trying to goad them into killing one another, uh, but eventually, after a lot of, of spooky happenings, they manage to escape, mostly unscathed, but are all relatively traumatized by the events, even several years later. It's one of, like, the early long ones, like, before it, like, it came out, the concept of, like, really long ones, and, like, series, too, is really fresh. Although I'm sure there's, like, ones before this that are longer in, like, the aftermath of their, like, popularity. But this was, like, long from the get-go with no follow-ups or part twos or anything. Yeah, like, there, there's never been a, there's never been a Goatman part two. But, like, th- like there had been a little bit, I was shocked to realize that this came out in 2012 and not 2008 because it feels so foundational. But, like, the fact that it mentions YouTube dates it, like, to 2012, but it does feel like it, like, belongs in the, uh, 08 era of, like, things yeah. being posted. <laughs> I mean, like, people people were posting, you know, funny cat 
sound videos back in back in 08. Mm. Like honestly like 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 funny cat videos feel to me like in my mind more of like an 08 phenomenon than a 2012 phenomenon. I guess you're right. There's like catter day memes and stuff back then. <laughs> I used YouTube's Man, when did the llamas with hats even come out? Oh my god. That that would have happened when I was in fucking elementary school. Oh, okay. That was... Yeah, Llamas with Hats, I think, was in 06. Because I was, like, 10 or 11. Oh, dang. Yeah, I guess I do think of it as an 08 thing then, too. <laughs> but, so the thing about Goatman is sort of how influential it became. Like, the story itself is relatively simple, especially on the surface, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's, it's, it's sort of your classic, like, campfire horror story. And it came out in, like, 2012, which is, like, you know, that is after Ben Drowned, that is after Abandoned by Disney, that is after Candle Cove, which is another, like, three, like, big, influential... Yeah, they're massive. ...post-Slenderman, but it's still, like, Goatman feels older than all of those things to me because of the way that so many people, because the Goatman in this story is so iconic as, as a creature, right? Yeah, like, the story has a lot of, like, like, subtleness to it that you don't find in, like, those other ones. Not that they're not, you know, they have stuff going <laughs> on, but, like, like, so new, like, even, like, newer modern stuff tries to be, like, really big, and it's, like, this really... Yeah, it's so understated. Yeah, which is, like, a lot of older ones are more like this. It has, like, that old, like... Yeah, like, Ted the Caver kind oh, of, yeah, like, it's, it's like, the caver. There's, no, there's no big secret at the end. It's just, like, you know, Scary. something fucked up happens, and they go home. Yeah. I was literally <laughs> gonna say Ted the Caver. Mines. <laughs> Synchronicity. <laughs> and and even for me personally, like, the Goatman is one of the ones that I think of as, like, like they're sort of a class of pastas that, like, you would consider giving to someone who does not like creepypasta yeah, as being, like, the thing that you would sh- show them to show off. It's accessible. It's, like, this pen pal. Those are, like, the the handful of stories that it's, like, it's not too, like, like it doesn't have that sort of, like, forum poster mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it that you get on a lot of the, especially the later stuff. Yeah, it's not trying too hard to be, like, a story. Yeah. It, it it really does, and and the tone of the writing I found on this recent reread, like rereading it for the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, it 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 does feel very conversational without being too over the top. Like there's a couple moments where it's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to be like dialecty in a way that doesn't. Yeah, I read I read through the comments on the wiki where it's posted. And a lot of people back, like, they're, like, you can, like, see, like, different, like, how the uh, sentiments of, like, the community was around it through, like, going through the comments. And there's, like, a mm-hmm. chunk it of, like, back in, like, when the newer ones started cropping up, people were really particular about how they were written. So there's a large crop of them being, like, hey, there's too much swearing in this. Like, what, what, like sorry, like, princess. They're teenagers. Like, the, the premise is that they're a bunch of freaked-out 16-year-olds in the woods. Like, yeah. it seems like, I, on, like, some some stories do have too much swearing, but, like, that's, like, a very human thing yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, and, like, 
like yeah so that so this era of like of like writery style people coming in expecting someone to be like words worth about them and like that meeting like this old school style of sharing things and saying nope in your story meeting <laughs> this culture change so it's interesting to see that in like the comments of how that like like people commenting on it like also like like, people were concerned about the grammar, and even on the wiki, someone has cleaned up the grammar of it. Like, someone had to go in there and, like, f- unfix it, but, like, it gets, like, updated every once in a while. Like, th- deep That's in- so strange. Right. Deep in the comments, someone has, like, screencapped the original thing. So, and, like, and, like, people, like, cut chunks of it, which is, like, what I first read of it, a lot of the front stuff was cut out. So, rereading again, I was like, oh, I... I barely read. I like during like rereadings. I've not seen the front part as much as I've seen like the rest of it. Uh, uh, the front part meaning like like the intro stuff. Yeah, like the kid, like the kid introducing himself gets cut out, and then like they and like a oh, lot yeah, of the... yeah the 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 green text at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that gets cut out because it's lo- so informal. People are like, oh no, that doesn't fit because like, but like you need it for the story, especially now. We have this really strong idea, right, of what a creepypasta is yeah. supposed to look like. Yeah, it does right? not, like, look like a creepypasta, what people think of modernly. Modernly, you know, just yeah. recently. Like, it, it it doesn't look like a no-sleep post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the thing that is, I think, like, offensive to people's sensibilities. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate, because, yeah. like, the fact that it was posted on 4chan, I think... It's a different culture. It's... And, like, reflects the culture perfectly. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it, it, it's a different culture, and it, and it ends up sort of lending it a different tone yeah. than you would get from but yeah because because you are you are reading it through the lens of like this is something that people are, are someone who posts regularly this is like this person's life experience and not a story they're making up even though it's like a story <laughs> yeah you know but like the authenticity makes the creepy pasta the creepy pasta otherwise it's just a yeah. flash fiction it's just a horror story someone's sharing online. Like, what usually gets copy-pasted in, like, people who don't want, like, the X-Chan sting <laughs> is, like, they start the campfire, which cuts out the entire front of it, and I think the entire front of it is really, like, explains what's happening in the story in ways that the story doesn't tell you up front. Yeah, it's, it's, it's leading you into, like, it's, it's, it's giving you some of the only hints at the character that ends up being built upon later in the story, right? Like, and and that's another thing. Yeah. Like, one of the first things we learn about the narrator is that he is, like, in the story, a black teenager in the Deep South, which, which, which by the way, such... I listened to a lot of, like, readers, too, before this, like, online, and people leave that part out a lot. <laughs> They're like, I'm 16, but they'll leave out that he's black, even though it's, like, central to the story that's yeah, being told. that's... <laughs> I'm I'm kind of not surprised to hear. I mean, because it is weird to be like a like a white or at least like a non-black reader of a story yeah, and say like, those words out loud with your mouth. Like, but sometimes it's like authentic. It's like to yeah. the story. Like this is the a story of a black teenager <laughs> is telling. So like maybe don't read it then. I don't know. Yeah, like you don't you don't necessarily need this clout. I think. But yeah, and 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 having it like it it was interesting to me to think about like the fact that he put his race like that's the second thing that we learn about him. 
I have Goatman related research around that that I think ties into that like identifying, you know? Okay, uh, go into that a little bit more. Like, what what kind of research do you mean? Okay. Okay, first off, Anansi is a folk hero figure found in um, a lot of different cultures. Like, the large, like, the most, like, associated with it is West Africa, but there's lots of, like, you know, because of, like, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but, like, because of slavery, it's in multiple <laughs> places. And this character is said um, to have, like, associations with storytelling and being, like, a trickster spirit, <laughs> right? And he uses his creativity. I read to... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to bring. I don't want to bring it up on the context of American <laughs> gods because it exists outside of of American <laughs> gods. But yeah, Mary, like, like you know that guy from American <laughs> Gods. Like, so first he's a trickster who tells stories, right? And he is a central figure in a lot of black history, a lot of black um, mythologies, like folk stories and stuff. So that like. Like, that OP has, like, identified with this, if OP has named the story? Like, I, I, I always assumed... It's, like, posted anonymously. Yeah, I, I always assumed that the that the the author, sort of, like, after this was posted, chose the name Anansi. I'm not sure. Like, I, I just sort of assumed that was the case, because I hadn't seen anyone... Like, I, I, I'd always seen people say, like, Anansi's Goatman... Right, and so I was like, "Oh, I'm that's the author. Yeah, that yeah. must be what they decided to call themselves." Because I'm sure for for even some of the like anonymous stuff, people probably come out of the woodwork and are like, "Hey, I did this." Hi. Yeah. So like, so the, this author has uh, identified with Nancy, who's this folk folk hero and folklore trickster character, and like the oral tradition of people, mm-hmm. right? And like, he uses his abilities to get out of like situation and learn a lesson. So, like, what does that mean for the goat man, right? And, like, okay, and, like, goat man exists in, like, Americana, like, folklore, too, as, like, a cryptid, right? And there are a few major ones. So, like, um, the big one people know because of BuzzFeed, (laughs) right? Yeah, the goat man's bridge. The bridge or whatever. Hey, do you know the folklore about that? I do not actually. Do you know? I think I think it's really distasteful. Okay, it's also known as the Texas <laughs> Goatman. I think it's really distasteful. I haven't seen the episode. I admit, so I don't know how they handle it. But I know like the meme culture around it. So here is how that goes: the guy was like, the um, the guy was originally living. He was um, a goat farmer, and a bunch of um, white men thought it was really offensive that this black man was a successful goat farmer, so they decided to kill him. Oh! Off the bridge with a lynching. Oh! Um, okay! Yeah, and then, and then, um, through magic or something, um, he survived, he, like, vanished, and they were like, hey, where'd the guy we're gonna murder go? Then they go and kill his family. And he, like, manifests as, like, a goat man afterwards to, like, curse the bridge? And, like, now paranormal investigators go there and be like, hey, goat man. <laughs> right? Okay. So that's that one in Texas. There is an older one that's also around Texas, but this one's from the 1860s. And this one is, like, um, a similar, like, 
like a racial violence one, but like the guy pulls himself out of, off the noose and like takes a goat head to replace his other head and then he goes and kills slavers. Based goat man. Right? And then there's like instead this guy comes out of like the lake and like just terrorizes people. Like he like jumps on cars <laughs> and stuff. And then the next one that would have been more famous before the BuzzFeed came out was the Pope Lick Monster. Have you heard of that I one? Feel like, I feel like I've probably seen that, like, come up on, like, a Google search, like, when I'm looking for a Nazi's Goatman, but I've never actually, like, looked into it. Like, okay, I, I have not looked into any of these. Like, I knew about the BuzzFeed Goatman's Bridge, but I did not know anything about the context mm-hmm. around it or, like, any of these other stories. Right? Like, I have... Like, I probably should have watched the episode before doing this, <laughs> but, like, hey, maybe, hey, hey. Okay, so the Pope Look Monster is also, um, he, he gets, like, tied up in a lot of, like, a lot of folklore gets, like, wrapped up in really awful storytellings, like, corny mm-hmm. nonsense. But this one is, like, okay, so it ranges from, like, um... Axeman kills his family, then is turned into a goat man, or like was a a, a victim of human trafficking, escaped from the circus, and kills people. <laughs> but like, but like people will report him carrying like a bloody axe and like jumping off like tops of the the bridge he haunts onto cars. Like the last one was very similar to that one. Um, and he like, or they people get like so scared they just jump off the bridge into the water, right? So, like, there's a, th- oh, there's also a Maryland goat man, and, um, that one is really recent, even, okay, so I have in my notes, um, a person by the name of Dr. Barry Pearson from the University of Maryland is cited in a lot of places by saying the origin of the goat man is from a long, long, long time ago. I think this is out of context, but, like, not to knock this guy who was, like, a degree and stuff, but, like, the earliest sightings or earliest reportings of Goatman in Maryland is like um, late 1970s mm-hmm. compared to the other ones. Yeah, which were much earlier in so, like the 1900s like, and the 1800s, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like this one is like um, mascotty up in this like like region of Maryland. So you'll see like. Goatman reigns and stuff like that, and like Goatman lives here, are there when you get there? But like, isn't it weird? Like the distance that traveled there, because you don't get Goatman in between any of those like spots. There's like other things that occupy. Yeah, I it. guess it, it, it's sort of like if you already have your like local cryptid, then you don't need a Goatman. It's interesting the way that. Goatman is used in, like, the story itself, because, like, we get Mm -hmm. no indication that there's anything goat-like about it. It's just the name Goatman, probably because it is, it is, like, a known cryptid kind of thing that is, that is, like, easy to reference. Because, like, and, and, and the, uh, uh, Anansi even, like, sort of points this out within the story, like, kind of hangs a lampshade on it. His Goatman has much, much more in common with... Uh, uh, pop culture mythology around the 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 Winnego, which is like not right. necessarily yeah, it's accurate. loaded. We should like unpack that yeah, at some point. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole conversation. Oh, but but be, be, before we get there, though, the association with goats and water goes through like 
each of these folklore, mm-hmm. right? And even in the story itself, like it starts off and they're out yeah, of the river. They, 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 they take like a dip in the spring, like they're hanging out at the, at the local yeah. pond in the middle of the woods. And that's when like they meet up with this big group and they, that, that night they start getting terrorized by the goat man, which is like, you know, from, from what they can tell has been with them the whole time, like might've joined up with them at the spring seems to be kind of what's implied. Right. Yeah. 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 So I look, so like our association and like pop culture or whatever with like goats and water is Capricorn, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never really thought about that, but that's true. And like Arcadian and Babylon mythology, um, Capricorn or yeah, Erica, I don't, I don't speak this Latin accent, <laughs> I'm not sure how those are pronounced, but was the god of storytelling and story crafts and magic. That is a fun coincidence. So in the title, you have two figures of storytelling within, like... Yeah, like, like two creatures that are sort of, like, associated with story craft. And, like, this goat man, in addition to, like serving as this sort of, like, pop culture winnego is also very mm-hmm. much, like, it, it comes across as, like, like a, like a trickster kind of thing. Like, like, the whole point. It's, it, it, it doesn't, like, nothing bad happens. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't actually hurt anyone. It's just fucking with them, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> right. I saw, like, back to the comments, I saw a lot of people complaining that there wasn't a lot of viscer and gore, and it's like, hey, <laughs> you might need to... Read some more. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know when, like, this, maybe a, a better time for this note might come up sometime. But, um, in Brigham, Alabama, there's a statue called the Storyteller, and the statue is a fountain, and it's made of a goat man and, um, forest animals. Um, the Storyteller, that, um, fountain is made by Frank Fleming who cites um, his inspiration as, like, the Briar Rabbit and stuff, which shares a similar um, history, yeah. obviously. Every, okay. Um, Every time I think of Briar Rabbit, mm-hmm. I strongly mm-hmm. associate it with that one very, very racist story, because we had oh. them on books when I was a kid. Like, those, those books that uh-huh. have, like, the cassette audio that you could play along with it, and it would read it out to yeah. you. So that's just, like... Just blast racism in your child's brain. In my brain. Like... Oh, no. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Like, yeah, there there is this sort of, like, cultural through line that you don't really think about. It's like, I know about Capricorn as, like, a like the Zodiac and all of that, but, like, it just yeah. never really... It's like that that that's such like an isolated thing to me. Like I don't think about like, oh yeah, it is literally a water goat and that is like part of like from Greek mythology. Right, like like looking into it was really like, oh, they're like like it could just be like coincidence or it could be just like this person's thought process mm-hmm. while building the story. Yeah, I mean either like whether or not it's a it's a coincidence, it still uh rips hard. <laughs> Yeah, and like, and like, I I, I want to believe that there's some like leaning towards it because that changes some of like the tone mm-hmm. of the story, right? Because okay, it intru- like we were saying, like the start part gets cut out a lot, mm-hmm. right? But we're introduced to this character who's black, who's from a wealthy family while being black, right? His 
family owns land, a farm. Yeah, they own, and they own a lot of land, and they own a cabin in the middle of the woods on this land. And by the way, where they're living isn't like a rural place, it isn't isolated or anything, it's like a major city. <laughs> it's like the most populated city as of recording this podcast in Alabama. <laughs> It'd be like owning a lot of land like Atlanta or New York City or whatever, it's like... So, like, even though the story feels like it wants you to believe it's, like, in a rural place, I've narrowed down where it, it probably could happen, <laughs> if I can find it in my notes. I mean, that is, like, if if the author is from, it's or, from like, has been to Alabama, because, like, he does mention, like, hey, I'm from Chicago, and, like, I kind of believe that yeah. more than I necessarily believe that he has family in Alabama. No, I do. <laughs> I, I also believe that he's probably from, like, Chicago, maybe. <laughs> like, he's probably not actually from Alabama <laughs> or anything. statistically, people probably live yes, in the city. city. <laughs> he's probably, yeah, he's probably from California, <laughs> you know. But, like... <laughs> I was just hand-waving, like, oh, yeah, he's probably from California, whatever. <laughs> what? But, like, like, so I, like, if there's some, like, tissue here... The idea that they meet up with, like, they're, like, chilling by the river, and they meet up with, like, this white family who has guns for some reason, and they're like, hey, we're totally looking for wildlife animals. Wink. Go hang out with these kids all of a sudden. Feels really like, like, like a, a thing happening underneath Goatman, yeah. right? Like, if you, if all those parts have any, like, weight in the story, and it's not just, like, rabbit holes I went down, <laughs> like, there's something, like, different happening in the story. Yeah. Cause like Goatman's haunting is centered around Tanner a lot. Like he's fucking around with them, but like it's centered around Tanner. Yeah. I mean Tanner Tanner is the one who lives there. It copies his voice. And like Tanner's Tanner's farm, like his family farm is the one where they lost a pig recently. And like he's he's the one who has like the most that that's another interesting thing is that Anansi does not have a lot of eyes on the goat man throughout the whole thing. Like, Tanner is consistently mm -hmm. the one who notices him doing stuff. Like, he's the one who sits in the chair and is sort of, like, watching him get around and fucking wiggle around and act all creepy and lay back Which down. Just like a best scene. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, wiggles. it feels pretty targeted at Tanner and his family. And, like, a lot of what we hear, a lot of the scary stuff that we hear is stuff that is being told to us like third hand it's like yeah from the from the author from 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 tanner and then from tanner's brother who who, who comes through the woods right. and sees you know the 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 disguised goat man so i'm like propositioning like are they being haunted because they were attempting to do something wrong to this family i i, I think that's like that is an interesting reading. I don't know if there's necessarily, like, the evidence to support that, but, like, that is an interesting, like, considering sort of, like, the cultural contexts of of these other Goatmen stories that we have, like, out in Texas and stuff. That is, like, sort of an yeah. interesting alternative reading than what we would normally kind of expect. That Like, that is really interesting. Because, like, like... People point out, like, hey, why does this thing attack them? Why isn't there, like, viscera <laughs> and gore up in this story? What other stories with similar creatures? Which we should, like, we should talk about, like, the cultural appropriation of this, like, 
entity. Yeah. But, like, that's absent in the story. This this creature is not that creature. And, like, they make it, like, they, like, take some stuff from it. But, like, in the act of it not doing anything beyond, like, the wiggles <laughs> makes it a different creature. Yeah, like, it, it, it does, it does sort of vocal mimicry kind of stuff and is, like, weird and sort of tries to blend in among humans for sinister reasons but like in in sort of like even that i think comes a little bit more from like pop culture when it goes stories than from like traditional ojibwe yeah, tales actual. which are about like you know they're kind of closer to like sentient zombies or like ghouls or wraiths like like that ghouls yeah. is a good word like general yeah, term they, i think they're ghouls like fits. rotting bodies that are just constantly hungry for human flesh rather than just being like shapeshifters who are like spooky yeah like uh, i'm not sure if you're allowed to say skinwalker right <laughs> you can blurb that out or whatever but like like did that did, did skinwalker ranch come out before this or after I, I, this? I do not know what you're talking about oh okay there's another really big one that's like spooky Native American stuff <laughs> that like I don't know if this is like hit to this person's if that came out first and they were like huh I'm gonna do that and not have it suck I don't know if it sucks or not it's just <laughs> it, it's racist I guess at the most or it came out after it and this inspired a, like the windfall of like you know stuff the 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 goat man that we see in the story never appears with, like, horns or a goat's head or anything, but, like, thinking yeah. about, okay, because Hannibal, right, is sort of the point at which, yeah. the, like, the idea, I think, of, like, like Wendigo, quote-unquote, with I horns kind of becomes the sort of, like, broad pop culture oh, image like the 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 idea of like the winnego as like a deer man like a fucked up deer man cannibal kind was of thing. Hannibal before goat man I, I i feel like these are sort of like there's some sort of contiguous line here right they're both taking it from this sort of like similar source right because hannibal that's 2013 yeah. that's just a year after this I don't know, like, I, it, it's, it's, that's both coming from sort of, like, the same source. Oh, I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, and I really shouldn't, but it's, um, there's a similar creature of, um, like, Eastern European origin, like, like, everyone has, like, yeah. a ghoul <laughs> or whatever, but there's, like, us, like, like, what people look for in that is, like, besides, like, the pop, the, the pop culture imagery of, like, it's it's cutting right. It's a it's a it's an evocative imagery of like a, a man beast, <laughs> which is like the appeal of like werewolf stuff a lot of times. But then there's like, like the cannibalism and like, like man versus wild survival <laughs> stuff. But there's like, there's a um a Eastern Eastern European creature that I think is, all, is like similar and like would belong in the same category. But, like, what people look for in that, in the pop culture, is often different, like, what people look for when it's not, you know? And this story lacks the stuff that people look for 
when it's not the pop culture stuff. Cause, by the way, they kill a whole pig. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know when we were just talking about this when you were first starting to read. You were real <laughs> indignant about like the fact that like that they do that they kill a whole pig to take to like the shitty camp. But they don't even go camping. They go to like a shitty little trailer. That's not camping. <laughs> They don't have like a tent or anything. They, can, they go five feet from a house and get attacked by a goat man. <laughs> Look, okay, maybe they were going to eat the pig anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to eat the pig, but like a, a pig is a lot of food. <laughs> they kill like, they kill like, okay, okay, okay. They kill like a pig and some chickens and they go eat sausages afterwards. Well, I think that's because they like, like they, they, do they make the bratwurst with their they hands? The because, like, they don't want to leave the, the, like, they probably have yeah, the stuff yeah, in, yeah, like, a trailer or something outside or, like, by the campfire. Then they don't want to go out so that they, 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 they get it so that they can cook it on, like, the hot pan on the inside. What if the pig attracted the goat man? <laughs> the goat man really wanted to get into this fucking pig roast. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> this is, like, a long PSA about, like... Being a good neighbor. Pig eating. Yeah. <laughs> you should share. Remember to invite your local cryptid to your yearly barbecue. Don't be a dick. Your entire fucking pig. <laughs> For 12 people? That's insane. <laughs> and that's that, that's kind of another thing that makes me think, like, oh, I don't, I don't necessarily know if this person has been, like, you know, has family in Alabama and has been camping in Alabama. Like, this might be, this person might just be from Chicago. Has seen a fucking pig? Yeah. <laughs> what do people go, what do people in the South go do? They kill a pig and some chickens and go camping five feet from their house in a residential area. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, a pig is a lot of food. Like, I, uh, like, my, my cousin's family... They used to, um, and, like, they, they live in, like, New York, like, rural New York, but, like, New York. It's, it's not, like, yeah, deep south or anything, still New York. they used to, like, they would do, like, a yearly, they would, like, dig out a pit and, like, get a whole yeah, pig. Yeah, it's a big event. And, yeah, there would, there would be, like, 60 fucking people there to eat this pig. You know, just kill a <laughs> pig and, like, which, okay, 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 okay. Taking it face value, let's assume this person isn't just from California making shit up. <laughs> what is a pig... What if the pig has some significance to the story that we're not seeing? <laughs> I, I would love to know how you think the pig has some significance to the story. <laughs> what if, okay, okay, between the green text and the, and the paragraphs, they leave out, like, an arcane ritual that they're doing to summon the good man. <laughs> to torment this other family off so they can buy their land. <laughs> They lose a pig, Jonah. They lose a pig, and they make a pig. It's equivalent pig exchange. <laughs> okay, I think, I think we're getting into the silly zone a little bit with this one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. is a legit theory. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, like, talking about where the author might be coming from it kind of brings us around to another thing that I, I like started talking about and like 
in, in mm-hmm. like, when I was doing my own notes, I started thinking about this, mulling it over, like, I don't know if there is, like, there's probably, like, an actual, like, academic th- theoretical word for this, but I just started calling it landiness in my notes, which mm-hmm. is, like, this is a story that relies very, very strongly on landiness. Hey, uh, editing me, coming back in just to clarify one thing, because I, like, I don't think I, I, I developed the idea very well in the actual podcast. And what I mean by landiness is, like, the effort to capture a kind of authenticity in the story by using location, by using land in a specific way, right? Like, trying to capture the feel or the imagined feel of a place by invoking the land and our cultural ideas about certain parts of the land. Um, So that, like, this is a story about backwoods America, right? It is is trying to gain the sort of sense of authenticity by invoking landiness that we associate with, you know, the deep south, with, with the backwoods, right? Okay, like, trying to create this, like, authenticity of the land because the land hates you, right? Like, that's that's sort of, like, Ooh. the fundamental American land story, yeah. right? Like, yeah, the land hates you and wants you dead. This, like, very, like, like it gets into it a little bit. Like, we talked, you, you heard us, like, like, three minutes ago <laughs> talk about it. But, like, this gets into, like... I really appreciate stories that go there and try to very carefully navigate around the racism. Like, it doesn't go, it's not like an Indian burial ground <laughs> story. It's not like a... We're going to get to that one in a couple of episodes. buried here. Yeah, you'll see it. <laughs> like, it's not like upturned graves of, like, mass burials of coal workers or whatever. Like, which is more fine than other stuff, but, like, not really. <laughs> You know what I mean. Yeah, it's just, like, it is It is the idea that there is something sort of, like, fundamentally evil that lives in this place, right? Or or something fundamentally yeah. malevolent. Um, we should probably mention that you shouldn't say Wendigo and Skinwalker and stuff with your human mouth like we're doing right <laughs> now. I, I don't know how to, like, thread that, though. You censor it with your magic or something. <laughs> It's like, we might, like, we might want to do, since we're having, like, a little bit of a digression here, we might want to say, like, because this is a podcast, we are using those words for point of clarity, but just in general, like, they're kind of disrespectful words to use, like, they're not, like, it's, it's, like, these words have been, like, misappropriated pretty often, and, like, these are, like, they have spiritual significance to the, the, the people whose cultures, like, have these, have been decimated, like, picked apart. Yeah, and, 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 and have these practices traditionally, like, I don't know, like, I just want to be respectful towards it, like, I don't feel like we have, like, 
we talked a lot about it, even though it's like not. I don't think it's centered to the story. I think it's being given as like a red herring to the story, personally. Mm. But like, but like I think it's important to talk about these things and like, uh, here's what it actually yeah. is. Here's like ha- what people want to be respectful. How how to be respectful when talking yeah. about it. And I'm not sure we did that 100 percent because because we're just talking. Yeah. And I'm just a person with a mouse. And, like, but I want to be, like, respectful and stuff. Yeah, like, because the thing is, right, like, neither of us are experts. Neither of us are, like, Native American. Like, we're not Indigenous American in in any, like, meaningful way. In any sense of the way, yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, but neither of us were, like, raised in the culture. Yeah. No, yeah. Because the reason why he cites the Winnego in the story in the first place, he says it after he says that he had a roommate who is a uh, Menominee, who is like that that yeah. is like one of the one of the branches of like the the uh, like Algonquin like uh, like First Nations like they're they're uh, yeah. Menominee Cree and they are from like the area and the and the and the spiritual practices that originally mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. yes yes had uh, uh, uh like tales about winnegos and yeah and he doesn't use that word he uses the goat man instead so i think that's really important to the story that yeah. like we get introduced to the topic but it's like it's not that it's like a red herring yeah he he, he says like oh my my menominee roommate that i had said that it's kind of like this thing that they have in in his culture which is why i think there has been this because like because the goatman is very much not actually like a wendigo yeah, very much there's nothing there connecting there's nothing there connecting the mythos except for like the commonality of like vocal yeah. theft basically and like something in the woods is attacking <laughs> you and 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 it is interesting that he chooses to like use the mouthpiece of this like presumably fictional Cree man to say like well yeah. he said that it's similar to this thing as a way of lending authenticity to his fictional go man like I, I think that's oh, an interesting that's true yeah I read um I read a paper that I don't know if you want me to like cite more in depth oh yeah absolutely like, yeah like if, who... if you want to like say the oh. name of the paper oh god <laughs> Do I have the paper on hand? <laughs> um, maybe this is something we could add in the future. Oh, I should have had it on hand. Oh, and the paper in question is Jackson Eflin's Incursion into Wendigo Territory. I'm going to go ahead and link it down below for you guys. This paper has taken various um, pop culture, like, Wendigo things and is, like, doing, like, a dissertation mm-hmm. about it. Um, they cite, like, Pet Cemetery, which is a popular, like, the, probably the most well-known one if you're not into Hannibal. And this person doesn't use Hannibal from where I see, so it probably predates it. They also call the story Cabin Fever, which I don't think is the title of it ever. Like, so it's interesting where this person might have, like, yeah, Goatman, they call it Cabin Fever. Did they, okay, were they misattributing the story to, like, Felix Blackwell's Perhaps. Cabin story? Maybe. But the quote here is, since the story nicknamed Cabin Fever posted in 2012 started the recent Wendigo fad, over 50 Wendigo-related stories have become creepypastas. Such stories are blah blah blah, you know, all that stuff. Um, but the posts are usually deleted, they say, and, and they attribute 
um, like using the voice of this indigenous man and the wind and this windigo like creature as like vocal theft as like um a continuous act of colonization by removing the voices of indigenous people yeah yeah i mean essentially like it is it is continuing to like it is it is trying to gain like an authenticity that does not really belong to it in any meaningful way by using this uh this this fictionalized and and this is like a maneuver that you see in a lot of fiction to cosign right stuff that like otherwise you like people might sort of find like instinctively kind of objectionable right like and like it's interesting the story has, it, like, double downs before this was really popular online. And, like, this is going to be, like, a dodgy thing maybe to say, but the fact that this character is black before it became, like, um, I'm going to pretend to be a black person online <laughs> to give my fake thing I'm saying, like, you yeah. know? I mean, like, like that, that sort not, of... Not, not saying the author probably isn't, but, like, but, like, it's an interesting way that, like, that kind of thing has evolved over time. Yeah, like, the, the, the practice of online blackfishing. Like, this author could be whoever. So, like, a reading in present time feels a lot like, oh, this person's just, like, you know, pulling. But we have no idea, really. Um, and, like, that, that I think sort of ties into, like... Because, like, when, when I say, like, the, the American land story, what I mean is, like, the, the colonial... American land story. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because I think yeah. like the the relationship of of colonial Americans to the land and like our conception of the land is really really strongly one of like fear and misapprehension and like hostility. And yeah, hostility. Yeah. It, it is this thing that is out there that wants to do you some kind of harm, even if you can't really understand it, right? Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to, like, talk about, like, people who have colonized who weren't, like, in the higher echelons of, like, establishing an empire. You're just someone who sold, like, the idea of land, and you come from your little shire or whatever off a boat, and then you're, like, attacked by, like, wolves <laughs> and junk. And, like, I guess, like, like, you don't, like, it's still an act of, like, imperial violence, but, like, you're still being eaten by wolves, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, the, the sort of, the imperial violence of the poor colonist versus the, the wealthy colonizer, right? Yeah. Like, because you stand to lose so much more because you are putting your life on the line in this place that you don't understand away from home. I think because that that is sort of a feature that you do get in other sort of traditional US American folk tales, right? Like the feeling that like outside of your little cottage is dangerous fundamentally versus like when you look at like the old world mythology in Europe, 
it can be like that sometimes, but it is not necessarily, especially when you go outside of Christendom, right? When you go back to, like, the traditional, yes. like, Nordic yeah, folklore... and traditional, like, yeah. you know, Beowulf-level traditional Germanic kind of stuff. It's not like everything outside of your hovel is, like, this dangerous, incomprehensible... It's going, no. And those are often, those are often framed more like about your fully, you have fucked up somehow <laughs> by being an ass outside to something, to someone, you, or you are getting some sort of, like, justice redistributed to you through yeah. nature, versus, like, you don't understand this thing around yeah. you. That's a very different tone. Like, a fox tricking you because you have, like, spat on a shrine is different than, like, you not knowing what this creature is, period. Yeah, and this and this creature just, like, being a malevolent force, and, and, and not even, like, like, the distinction, I guess, between a predator who you know is hungry and has to eat versus something that wants to hurt you because it wants to hurt you. Because that's what the goat man is, right? Like, a goat man's not yeah. a predator. The goat man is just malevolent. The goat man just wants to fuck with you. I think it's interesting to, like, like, yeah, like, you might not, like, there's, like, like, the goat man lives here is what you get. Like, <laughs> the goat man understands the woods, but the OP doesn't? Yeah, and even, even a lot of, like, the OP's cousins and Tanner and his friends. Didn't know those paths, yeah. Don't seem to, even though, like, they live here. And they are still fundamentally, like, baffled by this thing. Yeah, so it creates an interesting, like... Like, where do you draw the line between resident and, like, inhabitant? And that is sort of a, like, a, like, a feature of, uh, of, of folklore that I, like, I don't want to say that we can totally attribute this to, to the, the influence of, of Christendom, right? As, like, but, but like, 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 like a lot of it historically kind of, is right at least like like it's very hard like i like i'm not sure where you're going hold, hold on to that thought very hard <laughs> it's very hard to find folklore on christendom in a lot of regions of yeah. the world and like a lot of people spend their whole lives like shaving that stuff off to find what's actually go like the actual like uh oral history of people who have been yeah. lost yeah like that's that's the problem with like what's the most iconic norse story, right? It's the Ragnarok. That's not original yeah. Nordic mythology. That no. is that like is the, Christianization. Yeah. yeah. And like um the mistletoe thing, not yeah. original. That's that's like, a Jesus like, story. People, like less major. And, and, yeah. And like the thing is, like the, the the weird thing is people will sort of like use that like, I mean, specifically Christian missionaries will use that as a way of being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. look at all of these Jesus figures across the world. It's like, you put that there. You did that. You did that, you did that guy. <laughs> you did that. Um, and, like, people will, like, adapt, like, will make gods to fit in, mm-hmm. right? Like, to, like, fit their, like, mythos in there. So, like, or, like, the focus on, like, Thor stuff. Like, that wasn't, like... The culture didn't support Thor, like, as much as this is, but, like, you could tie Thor to, like, saint figures or, like, Jesus figures or, like, he's a relatable big sky god guy, yeah. you know? But, like, he was just, like, a figure He, he was just, like a, a, like, a guy who got up to a bunch of stuff. Yeah, there are other guys. <laughs> they had lots of guys. Or, like, the, de- or, like, the demonification of a Loki figure. Yeah. And, like... The fact that doesn't 
hurt anyone besides like the psychological damage I think is really nice like I said I saw a lot of comments of people complaining that like why didn't it gore anyone <laughs> up I'm here for the blood what, what's going on um but like the fact that it doesn't I think makes it more like sinister like otherworldly like like that that could do all these things but still need to like shimmy through a window <laughs> to just like lie down for a bit like that's kind of one of the things like one of the reasons why i am so positive that its goal is to see if it can get people to kill each other i really like i didn't think about that until you brought it up it 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 only becomes aggressive really when guns are brought into the equation like it's excited right yeah like it's like like it's like it's like jittering more. It's like heaving is the word I think is used. Yeah, like it's like, laughing. It's like he's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like I didn't really think about that it being like the goal of the thing until you brought it up. But like that makes a lot of sense in the story that like it wants these people to kill yeah. each other. It, it it feels very much like the characters are being tested throughout a lot of this. Yeah, like that's interesting. Like. Like, that region of America has a history of, like, blood feuds, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can... Like, I, I like I think I see where you're going with that. Right. Like, I look up, in, like, the history of, like... Because I, I really didn't <laughs> think about it that way. But, like, of, like, blood feuds and stuff. Like, if there's, like, folklore around the mythology in that area. But, like, there's, like, two families and some strangers, mm. right? And, like, it targets, like, people who aren't associated with either family to, like, mask themselves at first. And, like, just randos. Like, there's, like, girls that no, it's not related to anyone and then just appears as, like, someone they don't know. And never takes the form of, like, you know, except it copies yeah, Taylor's it, voice. Yeah, it, 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 it always hides as, like, it is, it is taking advantage of the fact that these families don't know each other. Like... Like, they live yeah. next to each other, but they don't really know each other. Like, like Tanner and his brother don't know Anansi's family at all, even though, like, their land seems to be bordering right up on each other. Yeah, it's a, so it's feeding on this, like, fear, like, this fear of, like, strangers to each other. And this sort of, like, that's racial kind of, like, racially yeah, charged. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like this this white family and a couple of his friends that he brought along and this black family like Anansi and his cousins meet up at this sort of like watering hole essentially and and they like carry it yeah. with them this thing. Yeah, like the the sort of like symbolic common ground kind of area and then they they move on together and yeah, and they and they bring this sort of like malevolent force with them that is like trying to pit them against each other and sort of, like, prodding them and seeing, like, how much it can fuck with them until someone snaps. And, like, I think it's really cool that no one does yeah. snap and they go home, like, with a solidarity. And, like, this creature meets his eye, like, the last bit we yeah. get of it. It's like, it's like, they know, they know what they're both <laughs> about. And they meet each other's eye and leave. Yeah, because Tanner is the, the main thing that stops things from going bad the way, because he's the guy holding the gun. He knows that if he starts yeah, shooting he... or if he starts freaking out, people are going to die. So he just calms down and just watches it and just waits and sees what's going to happen and just tries to calmly, like, 
keep everybody moving forward, keep everybody's eyes, you know, ahead. Yeah, like, it crossed his mind to do it. Yeah. And he made the decision not to do it. Like, like, this was, this, like, I agree. It does feel like they're being tested, but specifically Tanner. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) we are, we are synthesizing kind of like an interpretation, I think, here. (laughs) That, that I, I don't know if I would have, uh, like, arrived out on my own. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and about, like, the fact that, like, nobody gets mauled or killed. Like, I think it's good for the story to land on an anticlimax, right? Oh, my God. Right? I have a, I think, okay, also, that they, okay, like, jumping off the stuff that we're saying, the fact that the story is a victory story, <laughs> but still, like, it still has, it's, like, it's scary. You don't know what's happening. You didn't know what happened. You don't know what that thing is. You don't know if it could be in your backyard or what was going on. Nothing's, like, explained to, like, the death of it. But they still get out alive. And, like, it does feel like they went through this trial. So it's, like, a victory story without the big hero yeah. lap that lots of modern ones have. The thing that I think Goatman has the most in common with is, like, the scary stories to tell in the dark, right? Like, it is formatted exactly yeah. like an explicit version of one of those, which is, like, yeah. which makes a lot of sense, <sighs> because, like, he went around and he collected these, like, these local yeah, folklore, folklore stuff. Yeah. And, and sort of, like, compiled them. It feels them. so authentic to it. And, and, and Goatman feels very much like a spiritual successor to that, because it is a piece of folklore, yeah, like, like, I wanted to, like, go down that, those, like, sheets and stuff, avenues, rabbit holes, <laughs> synonyms, because, like, it feels like that. It feels like a story, like, legitimately, it feels like what creepypasta should be, <laughs> like, like, the digital version of an oral story. Or, or at least what, like, a kind of, of creepypasta yeah, like, to have Yeah, like, okay, yeah, like, there's room, there's, like, room for other stuff, but, like, Starting with this one, it feels like the most, like, adapted to, like, the oral tradition of storytelling yeah. within, like, the digital sc- Which is so great for being, you know, the author being named after Anansi. Like, yeah, it's like traditional it's... folktale. Yeah. Like, so I like to think there's some thought had been put into it. Like, if all those parts just, like, fell into place without much thought, like... That could be too, but like starting with the green text and like going into paragraph form feels like intentional. <laughs> yeah, like nobody starts writing a story like a long, longer. F- I mean, it's not particularly long compared to like especially the modern standards for a no sleep, right? Yeah. But like going yeah. into like a longer form story, I feel like you don't. Like, if it's planned out the way that this clearly is, you don't, yeah. um... Start green texting and be like, oh, this is, this is hard <laughs> and bad. I want to stop. Yeah, like, that. that is an intentional uh, maneuver by, by the author to, like, I mean, one, signaling this sort of, like, in-group relationship with the people of the X-Board, like, hey, I'm one of you guys, mm. I know how to green text, but now that I've showed off <laughs> this stuff, I'm going to move into like, a traditional for- storytelling format now. Like, hey, come listen, I'm like, your people, we're by the fire, now that you're here, I'm going to tell a story, you're going to read it, and then we did yeah, it, like, now it's shared. <laughs> sort of like the, the traditional, um, like the, like the Greek, uh... Bards. What's the... I can't remember the word for it. Like, I had a class 
where we did the fucking Odyssey. I shouldn't know the name of the word, and I don't. I don't know the name of the word. Hey, what if you add? What if you just like edit? <laughs> it like you said, I text to speech edit the voice in, so it's, <laughs> so it's saying the word instead of all of this fucking like, waffling. But it's it's it's, it's very similar to that, right? I know it's, what you it's, mean. it's like the invocation of the gods at the beginning of of the, yeah. the Homeric tales or like a Greek play or something like that, right? It's 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 sort of like the, the also- modern version of that. <laughs> I also know the word you're meaning, probably. <laughs> We're gonna have to look it up yeah. after this. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's like that. It's like it's like I am stepping out of the the fabric of the story to like pre greet you like a jester, and then like bring you into the story as the main character. Yeah, and and like there's a lot about the way that the story is written that is just like very clever in that way like it is it is written to be accessible to the audience that it is intended for even though like the tastes have changed since then and like where it's aged but doesn't like like a lot of stories wear (laughs) their age poorly but like this aged gracefully Yeah. yeah and like that's the that's the mark of a good folk tale yeah like, you get just enough culture, just enough, like, X-chain culture without having to be like, ew, now I need to, like, <laughs> wash. Like, there's still, and, like, it's nice to have stuff that's, like, capsulated. Encapsulated? 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 Maybe. Yeah, that word. Like, having someone say, we nope down to there, <laughs> or whatever, and swearing a lot, and, like... Yeah, like, like saying, we nope out of there is, is the same kind of maneuver but for a Reddit audience, that's that's the person signaling like I'm one of you. Yeah. Like this is this is my in-group signifier. It's like they use it so sparingly in the thing that I feel like it's well done. Like I don't want to see it in every single thing I read. Like people make fun of it obviously for a reason because people <laughs> overuse it. But it's like it's like it's like the way like a precision fuck really sends stuff <laughs> off. It's like this person's very good at that. I think. Yeah, like th- this is clearly a person who has thought about the way that they want to tell the story, which, like, I, I feel like medium or, or, or media is not as... I shouldn't say people aren't thinking about that anymore. Like, I shouldn't do the whole, like, prelapsarian no, be positive. I think, I think... I think a lot of... Listen, we need because, to get through all... We'll probably do eventually. <laughs> at, at, at least, like, a lot of stuff that you see right now it's 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 trying to follow in in a form or like that's a kind of thing that you're going to run into in general with like a pop culture staple people are thinking about how do i make this thing become popular as in it gets a lot of views but they're yeah. not necessarily thinking about how the medium serves the story. their story for this person, I genuinely believe that Anansi is thinking about the way 4chan as a medium is serving his story. Because he could have gone anywhere with it. No Sleep was already, like, doing okay numbers by yeah, 2012. He could have posted this anywhere. He posted it on the X board, right? Like, this was an X board story. <laughs> yeah. And this was sort of like, this is, like, 2012, I feel like was sort of, like, past the heyday 
of the X board in general, right? I agree, yeah. Like, that's why we think it's older, I think. Yeah, that's like, thing too. if you're posting here, why would you be posting <laughs> here in 2012? Like, it's for the space. And like you're saying, a lot of uh, writers online don't think about, like, I'm using this as a medium. They see it as, like, a platform to jump off of to, like, exactly, publish or, yeah. like, a movie deal. And, like, hey, you can't do that. That doesn't make a story good. <laughs> you don't, like paint in watercolors and think you're going to be the next big oil painter. These are different things. Like, there are different skills and techniques involved, and, like, it's disrespectful, (laughs) I think, to, like, the medium of online writing to treat all these things as both synonymous and as lesser than other styles of your art being shown. Yeah, like, you are, you're trying to get big on No Sleep so that you can get on the podcast so that you can get a book deal. That. <laughs> like, hey, that sucks. Just go write a book. You don't need to be here. You're not having fun. <laughs> this isn't your space. Yeah, and, and that that is kind of, like, an unfortunate thing. It's, like, not to be like, oh, back in the day, but, like, you know, <laughs> you kind of wish in some ways that, like, we could go back to having spaces where people were just, like, posting to post, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, like, I think we can get back there. It's just, like, not humoring these yeah. people who are just using the space to gain clout <laughs> online, who are getting, who want a, a viewer base without investing yeah. the skills to do the thing you're in. Like, the space isn't lesser because it's not making you fat cash. <laughs> Newsflash, you're not going to make fat cash and whatever you think is better than this. Because <laughs> you're not good at what you're doing to start with. I, I, I think there's also the matter of, right, like, platforms or, or, or places where you can go to share your art. Oh, right, yeah. Is diminished. Becoming so much more condensed, and those places having incentives to try and push people towards more commercial art, right? We can unplug. <laughs> I'll plug the internet, start over, <laughs> shake it clean like a etch a sketch. Internet 4.0, we're doing it over again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna give 3.0 a whole pass. <laughs> It's like a Milo Pony where it's like they had a three point five and a three, but like it's good to a four. I don't know anything about My Little Pony. You. (laughs) That's gonna be for the My Little Pony fans among your listeners. (laughs) You already courting the demographic that you know you want. (laughs) You gotta say, listen. On the topic of people doing cream and pasta things and things, you gotta start early. Look, okay. Everything look, I said is no, fake. No, okay. I, I believe in the I hustle. I don't know anything about the, 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 the My Little Pony people, but those fucking freaks were doing it for the love of the game. The the, the My Little Pony cream yeah, pasta people, they are the most earnest people on the fucking planet. I, res- I salute them. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't like, want to no read it, wants- but I salute them. <laughs> no sleep wants what they have. <laughs> I I I did have to bring this up because I noticed it when I was I was I was sort of tooling around on the creepypasta wiki and they just like don't accept my little pony creepypasta anymore. So they're okay. like they posted it on a fan website, like it's not doesn't belong here. <laughs> That's the thing too. They try to limit a lot of what things post and like, hey, how do you like 
like now things sound kind of get old and bad when people like jump on the gimmicky thing but that's just you narrowing down what gimmicks yeah. you allow so you just get like jumbled nonsense <laughs> instead of sick my little pony fanfictions <laughs> oh we're in episode one we're already getting into the into the complaints about the platforms people, huh <laughs> people people gotta know what we're about <laughs> Put, i want people coming here like twice of the episode being surprised that we have beef. <laughs> fight with us yeah boost our algorithms even <laughs> Yeah, we are we are very we are people who disagree with the with the politics of no sleep. <laughs> Deep personal well no, we're doing a creepy pasta <laughs> podcast, of course we care about what people post online. <laughs> personal investment in the policies of no sleep. <laughs> Um, maybe, like, the impact of Goatman on your writing? Oh! Or, like, how the story impacts you? Okay. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like... I I would say, at least for me, like... <laughs> one of the first things that I put in my notes is, like... Wow, yeah, like, this did, like, change my brain chemistry because, like, <laughs> the smell of ozone is now one of the most, like, evocative things to me. Like, I, like, I constantly use, like like, ozone as, like, a descriptor for, like, you know, when something is, smells, like, charged, like, lightning or, like, electricity. It's, like, I, I describe it as ozone because, like, that's, it, it brings me back to, like, because, like, Goatman was probably the first time that I mm -hmm. heard someone use that as a descriptor of a smell, and I was, like, yeah, I, I can picture that smell so well. It's, like, that, like, sharp, clean, sort of back-of-your-throat kind of smell. That's one thing I couldn't find anything about, and it's, like, so authentic and original to the story that makes the story feel real. <laughs> like, like, you look up stuff, and you can tell you some things are like, oh, this creature smells like blood, yeah. right? But, like, the way it, this thing evolves, but, like, there's a throwaway of, there's like, a follow-through of logic. <laughs> like, it's not just blood you're smelling. You're smelling, like, like, this evolving scent, and it's so, like tied to the story as, like, a part of its core. Mm -hmm. And, like, I really just like um, when people throw in, like, similes that have nothing to do with what's going <laughs> on, and the story never does that. Like, like you, like, it smells like blood, it smells like copper, it smells like copper from, like, a burning pot because they're camping, yeah. it smells like ozone because they're outside. It's just, like, you know, it's just involved and deep. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it all feels like it meshes together and it creates this very coherent picture in your mind of like what it's like to be yes. there and, and, and sort of this implication of like what this creature is. Like ozone, that's the smell of like static, like lightning, like something that is yeah. tense and charged or like, like the feeling like of like of a storm or something. Like it, it's, it's this great yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, and, like, the fact that, like, he brings you tension of, like, when you can hear, smell it, and, like, it just stops, and, like, have you ever, like, and, like, the, like, the physical sensation of, like, hey, smells just don't stop. Yeah. Like, have you thought of a smell? And then it makes you think of, like, what does the woods normally smell like? What, also, like, the fact that they bring up, like, animals have stopped making noises, right? And that's, like, a common thing you feel in, like, horror and thriller, <laughs> but, like, it's such a, like, a, it's, like, for, like, how conversational, like, posty it is, it has a lot of texture. Yeah. yeah, it is it is just it's written in a very thoughtful way by someone who has a very clear idea of how to shape this idea in your mind. 
And I, and I think that's the thing that makes it so effective. Like, even with all of the sort of, like, like the other things that are sort of under the surface that we have reasonable problems with, there is something so yeah. compelling about the way that it is written. It's like, I want to dig into your brain and see what you were thinking. It's like, we're seeing the story at eye level versus, like, above or, like, just casually reading it we are like brought into the campfire with them we are in the trailer with them we're on the trails <laughs> with them like we're never like our attention is never like diverted beyond we're never like told about school or we're never told about like the world outside it's just here this is where we are which is that very sort of like you know I, I keep saying it, but, like, classic sort of folktale thing. Like, the story exists to be itself. It's it's not existing for any other reason outside of the author and the story that is being told to you. And your presence, sort of, as the reader. Yeah, like, we are, like, important to the story in a way I think a lot of uh, creepypasta writers forget about. That we are essential to the story and that we have to share the story. Like, we have to take the story and, like, bring it places. And, like, in order to, like, encourage people to do that, they have to feel, like, involved enough in the story to start yeah, with. Yeah, like, which is another thing that is sort of, like, inherent to the medium, right? Because, like, Chan yeah. threads disappear into the fucking ether. Like, they're still there if you go digging, but a lot of them get deleted. A lot of them just, like, get sort of pushed off the page, and you can never fucking find it again because it moves so fast, or at least it used to. <laughs> and, like, yeah. back in the... And this was probably posted when they, like, slowed down a bit, but it still would have been gone if people didn't, like, get yeah. it. Like, I have screen caps of it if you wanted me to sh- post them. Yeah, we can probably put, like, a link Sharing. up on, uh, on, like, whatever... Yeah. When it would, like, wherever we post this. We can have, like a, like, a link to a couple of, like, our sources that we talk about. But without having, like, the time and date on hand, I couldn't find it in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. Like, it's hard to find. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it is something that, like, it became memetic because people treated it as a meme. It was something that needed to be shared in order to continue living. We're, like, on something like Reddit because it is driven by, like... It, it is, it, uh, is a single, and stuff. Yeah, it is it is it is a single platform where people can upvote it to continue posting it, you know, forward so that more people will see it if they like it. Like you have to manually do that with something that you're posting to a different kind of site. Yeah. I also have in my notes, um, on the note like it ha- the, the the nature of it being shared. Like a lot of these stories will be like, Hey, you have to share this or you'll be cursed, <laughs> right? To get to share. And, like, do you think there's something similar happening in the story without telling us that it has to be? I don't, I don't know. Because, like, like, the story doesn't really prompt you to share it in any way. It's just, like, I, I think it just sort of speaks to the fact that it is just well-written. And it engaged mm-hmm. people in that way that made them want to share it. Because, like, you know, people could tell that this was something, like, genuinely very scary and very interesting like and 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 i think the fact that it does end in an anti-climax the way that it does is the thing that gives it that kind of mimetic power because like if it ended with one or more teenagers dying then it's just any other scary story in the internet but because like nothing happens at the end of the day it's scarier like it's just weird yeah 
It's like, yeah, it's scary. Like, there's no, like, ramification for actions. Like, that could happen to you. <laughs> you you don't have to necessarily die. You just be out there and there's some guy. <laughs> like, that's scary. Yeah, like, something fucked up could happen to you. You have no control over it. Yeah. And, and it adds to this suspension of disbelief, which lets it be more successful as a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a lot of things miss that mark pretty hard. Even if, like, even when they get po- uh, popular, like, this has, like, it's subtle, but it's also, like, in your face. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it is broad, is the thing about it, right? Like, it's not trying to be high-minded or anything. Yeah. Like, it is, it is, it is broad, but it is also subtle in the ways that it needs to be to be effective. Which is, like, a, like, a hard it's... needle to thread sometimes, yeah, this is successful, like, dread. And, 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 like, accessible dread, too. Yeah, like, it's a high concept, but not, like, out of reach. Yeah, it's, it, it's the kind of story that, like, if you have, like, an older friend that you went camping with, and they told you the story around a campfire, you could believe that they made it up, you know? But you would still be, like, scared shit yeah. for the rest of your life about it. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, up back of your mind, you're like, oh, I'm reading a thing posted on the paranormal board, <laughs> of course it's fake, but like, oh, what if it wasn't fake? What if I'm really scared now? <laughs> but what if, what, like, what if a scary thing happened to you and your friend? Like, what if, what if something terrifying happened to you in real life? Like, what if, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes you think. It's a, it's a concept, it's, it's inviting the concept of being scared into your heart. <laughs> teaching you how to be scared <laughs> which like yeah it's like especially when i was younger they scared the shit out of me like when i was in high school my god oh my god, i'm yeah. also a very nervous person i have a very nervous disposition i'm scared of everything <laughs> but nonetheless this did scare like, me. listen listen you have to be able to get scared <laughs> to get scared like you know, I I can't. Okay, you can't write good horror if you're not scared of everything in the world. I think. Yeah, you should be scared. <laughs> okay, things I like just in general things that talk, things that do voicemail cry, and people up on the doors with their knocking. I think knocking is really scary. I think we should all stop doing that. <laughs> knocking on no doors. More, no more like using... in, in real life. <laughs> we should stop knocking on yeah. doors. Everyone should stop doing that. Seriously. <laughs> I, I like when people knock because, like, I jump very, very much when someone, like, starts talking to me and hasn't alerted me to their presence. Like, if I'm focused on my phone or my computer and someone kind of opens my door quietly and is like, hey, I will jump three feet in the air. Scares the shit out of me. Looks like we're gonna wrap it up there for tonight. What do you think of Anansi's Go Man? Leave a comment, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, go ahead and leave a like or a review. Share it with your friends. We're a small, independent podcast. We don't advertise, so we need word of mouth to grow. Links to the story and our social media will be in the description. Our next episode, we will be reading Abandoned by Disney. This has been the Creepy Pasta Book Club. Thank you, and good night.